Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. E-S-N-Y. Hello, everybody. I'm Matt Castillo. Welcome into the Next State of Mind podcast, joined with Chip Murphy and Danny Small. And our special guest today, host of the Fast Break Layup at the or the NBA pod in the Strickland at Sam Gideon. Sam, thank you for joining us here today uh, as we talk a little bit about, we wanted to stay a little bit more out of the game recaps and talk a little bit more about some topics and things that are coming up. And obviously right now, one of the things with the Knicks, uh, we're a little banged up at the forward position, the center position. We have uh, Noel, who's had the back issue, um, tried to play yesterday. It was out two different stints, if I'm not mistaken, got hurt, left, and then came back in, got hurt again. And of course, Mitchell Robinson's uh, banged up as well. So talk a little bit about, the what they could do rotational wise with their big men uh and danny i'll start with you moving forward whatever the stretch whatever it could be you know as as mitchell robertson is uh out with his injury we now have noel banged up uh what do you what do you see coach tips doing with this big man rotation well, I think we can actually we can start with Sam. I mean, every, we get to hear my uh, my opinions yeah, every we, week. I think we ramble on for no yeah, reason all the if time. You, if you give it to me, <laughs> yeah. start. I, no one else will get to talk. So, yeah. Sam, what do you think? Uh, especially now we have Mitchell Robinson. He's dealing with that hip flexor strain, which can be uh, definitely limiting, especially for a big, explosive guy like him. What do you see Tibbs uh, doing with the rotations if Noel and uh, Mitch are, are banged up a little bit? Um, well, first, thanks for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure to be on with um, fellow Knicks fans, you know, just talking NBA hoops and whatnot. Um, as for Tibbs rotations, I've been pretty adamant on just like he needs to play Obi and Obi's going to force his hand no matter what, because like Obi brings the energy. He brings all the types of plays that we need, like whenever he's on the court, the Knicks are better. Like, it's just like if you look at all the numbers, I saw something today earlier, like the off the the pace is like eighth in the league when he's on the court versus like when he's off the court with like 23rd or something like that so he just changes the the flow of the game and he just like opens up so much stuff for us on both ends of the court which is like something we didn't see last year and i think thibs kind of still has that mentality in his head like obi's still fresh he still needs to learn some things but like we saw in the first like two or three games when he went small like the offense was just like explosive so Obi's going to force his hand no matter what, and he's just going to have to accept it at that point. You saw that Obi's still on a short leash when he went small with Obi at center uh, last night or when they beat the Sixers. Even in, even when they won, Obi made a couple, you know, not mistakes, but he got beat at the rim. He's not a rim protector, and Tibbs yanked him immediately. When, once Drummond came in, Tibbs yanked him. 
he's so he's still got a short leash, but yeah, I think he's, I mean, Tibbs is always going to be Tibbs and he's always going to want as much rim protection on the floor as possible. But I mean, like you said, he's forcing his hand as much as, and now with the injuries mounting up, he may not have a choice to play Obi. Like what's the other option? Is he, is he really going to say, I'm going to play Jericho Sims over Obi because I can't imagine. Like, I like what I've seen from Jericho Sims so far, but I mean, Obi Toppin has proven that he's <clears throat> can help this team win. It's the eye test and also the, the cleaning the glass on off stuff is ridiculous. And you just have to watch the guy, the plays he makes are winning plays. He's he, like lately. And this isn't saying like, he's not a talented player by any stretch, but he's helped the Knicks and he's played well just by playing hard. Like, like you guys said, the pace is up when he's on the floor. He just runs the floor. Uh, Guys are clearly like looking for him. And the other thing you guys kind of touched on a little bit with how Tibbs likes having that rim protector there. He, he likes going basically and just splitting the minutes between Robinson and Noel um, and then Taj on a fill in, even though Taj isn't quite the rim protector. Those guys are, um, but the way the Knicks are playing defense so far this year, they like to build it out from like protect the rim, protect the paint, and then fly out on shooters. They haven't been they haven't been doing too well on closing out on shooters. So now that you don't have your two best rim protectors, might be the time to kind of I don't want, you know, they're obviously not going to change their identity completely because Tibbs is Tibbs, like you said, Chip. But maybe if they kind of like change up the defense a little bit to go a little smaller, uh kind of try and get those closeouts um, on the shooters a little bit crisper, because if you don't have a rim protector to use, you can't play a defense that's predicated on having a strong guy in the middle. You do have to kind of adapt and who knows how long these guys are going to be out for. doesn't seem that they're major, major injuries, but it can't hurt to be a little flexible in how you use your personnel and how you, uh, how you throw your defensive schemes out there. Yeah. And, you know, just starting about some of the things that I love. And I, I tweeted this out yesterday um, during the game. And just, I think Obi Toppin is a great example of just being how you, if you run the floor as hard as he does, I mean, you can get yourself four to six, maybe even eight points a game that way of just running the floor, playing with effort, uh, which. You know, I, I know that my coaching hat might sound on a little bit here, you know, teaching young kids. That's that's the kind of stuff that you want them to see. Um, you know, when you run the floor like that, look how successful it has made him um, getting out in transition out in the fast break and getting himself some easy opportunities right at the rim. Uh, that that aspect absolutely love from top. And now I think as far as the rotation of what they're going to do, uh, with the big man moving forward for, you know, the foreseeable, you know, games that we have uh, some of our big men out, it, it really depends on matchup. You know, that that's really kind of, and I know that's obvious, but I'm just saying like, Chip, you were talking about it, um, you know, when Toppins in the game and they throw in Andre Drummond down there in the post, you know, Tibbs immediately grabs them out, pulls them out, puts Tosh back in. And at the same time though, yeah, I do love what I'm seeing from top and offensively, but to be honest, I understand why he's pulling them there. I mean, Drummond and Toppin in the post is it would be a, a just massive um, mismatch and and a tough you know job for Toppin to handle. So it kind of I think is going to depend on 
you know, who's their forwards, who's their big, are they highly skilled or big body that can finish around the rim, create havoc that way will kind of depend on what they do uh, rotational wise. And we may see uh, Jericho Sims get a few more minutes there, kind of like early on, right? When Noel missed uh, the first several games of the season, Sims did get a little bit of run there. And I agree, though, again with you, Chip, uh, that he's very raw. Like, you know, I like things that I see about him. I I feel like he probably needs to spend some time down in the G League, get more playing time, things like that. He can be a nice piece for us down the road. Uh, but, you know, you, you might see him a little bit more right now, just like we've already seen earlier this season. I would like for Toppin to get more minutes during this stretch. I think it's an opportunity to kind of give him that time out there, give him a little bit of a leash, but the defensive aspect of it certainly do understand a little bit, especially with some matchups. Like if somebody like Drummond's down in the post, I'm not feeling too good about Toppin uh, being in that matchup. I think that's one he's going to lose quite a bit because uh, you know, Drummond is a load. I mean, he's a big guy, big body, big hips. Uh, it's a tough guard for really anybody you know, down there. So I, I understand why Tibbs went out there. Moving forward, though, like I said, certainly would like to see Toppin get a little bit more of an opportunity and maybe have his minutes jump up a little bit more, but it's going to depend on those those, those matchup things. Um, but can we just, you know, and, and want to give some appreciation to Tosh Gibson, right? Like yeah. the guy – We'll go two weeks without even touching the floor. And then all of a sudden we have an injury and he has to kind of rush back out there and play and always seems to give us productive minutes. Now I've always enjoyed like when he's out there for a few minutes and he picks up four fouls, in, like the first eight minutes, he's just out there just throwing bodies. It's, it's, it's great things, but had to, you know, shout out Tosh Gibson. Cause uh, he's one of the guys I've always been a big fan of Tosh Gibson. Uh, even even back in his early Bulls days, he was one guy I always got in fantasy. So I'm I'm a I always love and appreciate the professionalism of being ready to play situations like this. He you know, and I know he's a veteran, and you go, yeah, this is what you kind of expect. But you know, it, it it's not always easy to do that. You know, you I I don't I don't think people realize how hard it is to be out of the rotation with these young guys playing, and then all of a sudden your number's called, you got to go back out there, and, and he always seems to be pretty damn uh you know uh you know productive with the minutes that he gives Todd's so, got he's got to be one of the best like third string centers in the league yeah. right like right just yeah I, mean, I know he's not a star anymore how many like third that, but, string centers are there in the league well i mean i'm saying yeah i guess day, like the nets it would be dayron sharp i guess like a lot, of, a lot of the teams don't even really have <laughs> never it's like even a heard of sims yeah. guy yeah, well he's a rookie he's he's okay. like barely played but you know, that's uh, I, I think the Lakers do right. They have DeAndre Jordan, mm-hmm. they can throw in there now. Like, they, who, who don't the Lakers have? I, I mean, take Taj over Jordan. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. So, with you the know. Lakers, if you, yeah, give them truth, <laughs> lie detector test, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so the rotation is something but that I, definitely, I think, yeah, I think just kind of touching on, I think the we probably touched on the two like most popular sentiments among like Knicks fans and Knicks reporters and everyone in the Knicks universe. Obi needs more Obi. minutes and Taj Gibson is, uh, is it's awesome. hard to be like, mad. It's hard to be mad when the guy taking the, or I guess if you want to say taking the Obi minutes is Taj. Like who, mm-hmm. how can you be too mad? I, I, I guess he's the one taking the Obi minutes or 
who are you going to take the minutes from? Are you going to take them from Taj? Because you know Taj isn't losing minutes, not on a Tibbs right. team. And he also, he's playing really well. He always plays well. And when they when he plays well, they win. And right. he's not coming off the court. So the only other alternative, obviously you don't want Mitch coming off the court. So the other option is he's taking minutes from Nerland's Noel. And I, I, I don't know. I, I guess that's a more likely option than Taj not playing, but oh, he's, he's looked good since he came back from injury. I just don't, I don't see it. Sam, what do you think? I think, I think Thibs has to be a little bit more flexible with like the rotations based on matchups per se. Cause like, I feel like he does the same thing no matter who the opponent is rather than like having a set, like not having a set rotation for each different matchup but like sort of like adjusting it. Mm-hmm. I know a main criticism of, I think maybe Budenholzer over the years was like, yeah. he didn't like adjust. And I think that's good. That's what we're seeing with dibs right now. And like, you have all this talent, you needed to know how to use it because I don't think dibs has ever had a team this deep before. Um, Like thinking back to Minnesota, I think they probably went like maybe like eight deep Um, even Chicago back then he was forced to use his depth due to injury, but like, it wasn't as deep as this Knicks team. Right. Even you could put in like Mm. rookies like Grimes or McBride and they'll even give you some productive minutes. So like you could go like 12 deep with this Knicks team. And I don't think he's ever had that before. So I think it's a learning process with like all of it, with even the offense, the defense dibs. So hopefully it, it irons out over the the course of the season, but so far it's like, yeah. You know, and something else that's kind of brought up into this topic, kind of changing gears a little bit here. Uh, we're, we're talking about the perimeter, right? And, and guys, uh, you know, having a bit of a field day on us from behind the arc. And, you know, like I said, I don't want to go into like a lot of game recaps because you already know. But say, I'm going to start with you on this. What the hell happened with Ricky Rubio? Like, <laughs> I, what planet or did we hit the damn twilight zone? That man hit seven of eight three-pointers. The last one he missed was just he threw up there for freaking fun. What in the – Ricky what, Rubio's revenge, man. That was I, his I revenge just, against Tibbs. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> and and it's it's Ricky Rubio's not the only one. He's not been the only one uh, to have kind of a field day behind the arc. You know, Chip, your tweet, you literally had me laughing out loud when you said at this point, Ben Simmons is going to come yeah. back and drain threes on us, but that's, that's really kind of, he did, didn't, wasn't his first career three against the Knicks. We're not going to talk about was, that. Yeah. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but what is going on with this? You know, what, what, what do we need to adjust around the perimeter with these three point looks, or is it just, that's part of the damn NBA game. Everybody's hitting three pointers right now, but, Something something seems to be a little bit off, you know, uh, with our rotation around the perimeter because guys are getting wide open looks. So what, what are some of the things that Nick's got to clean up? What's the difference from last year to this year? I think the closeouts aren't as hard as they were last year. Last year, you saw guys more at making more of an effort to close out on three-point shooters. So, like, even if they were getting open looks, like, they were still somewhat a little bit more contested than they are now. Got, now guys are just watching guys take threes. Like, you'll see Julius mm-hmm. camped in the paint. You'll see Fournier and RJ looking at each other like dudes just don't know where to go. So that's part of it. Um, so I think they just like need to fix up the communication on the defense um, as in terms of like switching. But like I think one thing that fixes that is like when you go with Obi at the five, you could just switch everything and there's mm-hmm. no miscommunication on closeouts or anything because no one is like confused on who they need to go to. You just switch everything and 
it's it's simple like that. Also, I think the point of attack defense is something that's just been really lacking. Our best point of attack defenders so far this year have been quickly and mm. probably Grimes. Grimes did like the best job on Rubio on Sunday, I believe it was. So yeah, I just feel like those are the main the main components of the the defense that like the fact that issue. someone had to do yeah. a best job on Rubio. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that's an issue within itself. Yeah. Yeah. But, and you, you mentioned it before, like the Knicks, they did give up a decent amount of open looks last year. It was just, and any, anyone who wanted to, you know, take the Knicks down a peg last year would mention that and say, well, they gave up a ton of open looks. They were just lucky, which you kind of had to expect maybe like a little bit of a regression to the mean, but I think it's more, more so the, you know, the poor closeouts and the poor communications rather than, you know, just, oh, see, we you know, see the Knicks last year was a fluke. Uh, I think there's, you know, something a little more to it than just saying, oh, it was a fluke. Um, but yeah, I, I like the idea of going small with Obi. I mean, and it, it's at the point where <laughs> Tibbs is almost, it's going to be forced to adjust to it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Chip, I, I, I was not going to put you on the spot here, but I know you usually... You have the numbers type thing. And if you could, at some point, if you could, really quick. Now, I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm not asking for you right now. I promise I'm not doing this to you. But if you could, uh, where are we ranked three-point percentage right now? Or not three-point percentage, but the three points that we're giving up. Where, where are we at? Oh, that we're giving up? Last year? Yeah. Defensively? Yeah. yeah. It, oh, it's, do you know, it's, Danny? Um, you know I was just, top, I was, yeah, I was just looking at this the other if day. If somebody could find that, just, just to throw it back out there at some point, because I'm curious to see where we were last year compared to the start uh, of this season. Oh, we were uh, much better last year. Uh, last yeah, year we were... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to see how far back, because I just feel like everybody's hitting threes. Like, that was a problem even a few years ago where it just seemed like everybody was just having a field day because nobody was guarding around the perimeter. Uh, and then last year, the whole defense. We're last, we're last in three-point makes allowed. Yeah. Okay. And uh, 23rd yeah. in opponents' uh, three-point <clears throat> percentage. Okay. And I wonder I wonder how many te- how many teams – and I know the league is just shooting. Uh, you know, three-pointers is part of the damn league. But I'm just wonder how many open looks or, or, or looks in general because it just seems like it's not as sharp. And, and, and Sam, you kind of – I felt like hit the – they had, you know, for sure there with that explanation of it, of, of closeouts and uh, miscommunication on some things, guys not in the right spot, uh, certainly, you know, hurting us here uh, in the early going. But I, I think eventually you start getting in that mis- mid-season form type thing. You start yeah. cleaning some things up. That adjustment will kind of that, – that will take place, I believe. Now, one thing – The backcourt is new. Like right. two new inserting two new starters that right. happens. even if it's veterans like Kemba and Fournier, yeah. I think they'll lean into it. It's a new defense, new coach, new guys they're playing with. I think they'll learn and they're veterans, they're pros. They'll get used to it and they'll be fine. Right. And what I kind of like to do, and I don't know about y'all, but I, I look at about 10 games into the season, every, every 10 games or so and kind of try to evaluate, uh, you know, Basically, with the, the start of the season, let's do this. First 10 games, I know it, what we're seven and four, so actually 11 games. 11 games in, let's say, are you happy with where they're at? Just kind of where you expected them 
or maybe even disappointed. We'll go around here, Sam. I'm going to start with you. 11 games in, uh, overall, your mood towards this Nick team with their first uh, 11 games of the season. I was one of the people on Twitter that was like, I kind of expected the start to be kind of messy or ugly in the terms of like, you're adding two new starters. Um, Guys have to get adjusted to new roles, especially like you're seeing Julius, he has to adjust to new talent being around him. And he still likes to take a lot of the bad shots that he made last year. So like, I was one of those people that was like, it's going to be messy. I didn't expect it to be like top five offense messy, but like, um yeah i'm i'm kind of like this is where i expected them to be i uh i'll go with you next chip no i'm i'm happy with where they are in terms of record right now yeah i mean uh, upset about the defense but overall i would say i'm happy i mean if you could point to one negative about the knicks season last year it would be how they finished on the road they were a bad road team and right now they're have a great road record they're five and one on the road so i i like that they're playing well on the road and i mean you have to assume eventually they'll get things figured out at the garden they have the best home court advantage in the nba so they'll start winning games at home and then they'll be okay i i'm fine with where they're at i think eventually the defense will figure itself out it's a tibbs team and look as long as they keep taking threes you can't you can't win with the three if you bizarrely just stop taking threes in the middle of the game. If you go like entire stretches without taking threes like that, that's the only thing that's weirded me out where they want to be this three point shooting team. And then they just go stretches of not taking threes. Like I just, I just want them to keep shooting threes and play the personnel that can shoot threes. Like Sam was talking about Grimes earlier, maybe getting Grimes some more playing time, who is a shooter, would be a smart smart thing to do, especially now with these injuries coming up. It may open up some time for him. So we'll see. And we saw him come in in the Philly game too, and he played well. So Yeah, actually, I, I thought they were – I thought the Knicks would hit the ground running because I thought, you know, three out of four games at home. Um, I thought – and uh, opposite of you, Chip – I guess what you were kind of saying about the away stuff, I thought like, oh, the Knicks are going to be so good at home this year that it's going to kind of give them, you know, a lift early on, uh, which obviously hasn't come to fruition. But I don't think I, like I don't think anybody can be disappointed. I mean, seven and four in the yeah. thick of it in the East, which obviously uh, is a much improved Eastern Conference over over past years now. Um, and I think the Knicks are, you know, probably right around where most people expected them to be uh, people live and die with the game so you're going to see people freaking out after losses about this is oh Tibbs he can never adjust he's done <laughs> oh this is what we always thought like people freaking out and then on the flip side you see you know the guys at Wells Fargo Center going absolutely ballistic after beating uh you know the C team of the Sixers so <laughs> like it goes the, the the pendulum swings back and forth um yeah, you can't. I don't think anybody can be disappointed about this so far. The only people who are mad are those uh, those Sixers that that post game show who spent that whole segment talking about the uh, how how crazy it was that the Knicks fans were excited that they beat the Sixers. Yeah, um, they're the only they're the only ones who are who are upset right now. <laughs> you know, uh, first first eleven games, um, seven and four. I kind of expected to be right around this mark. Uh, so I would say just what I kind of thought, you know, there was a couple of 
disappointing games, which that happens early on in the season. Um, you know, I think there's a, a major overreaction when, when that happens, you know, we, we lost to the magic a couple of Sundays ago, you would have thought that the sky has fallen mm-hmm. or, um, you know, we were up 15 against Toronto and, uh, fell asleep and then got our asses kicked. Um, and then, you know, they had the, the loss to Cleveland, uh, where they allowed, uh, Ricky Rubio to look like a NBA hall of famer and, um, just, those those games are obviously very frustrating and, and disappointing. Don't get me wrong. They've definitely but, slept on teams, is what yeah, they've done. They've taken it, it, certain teams lightly, like they did that with Orlando. Yeah. They definitely did that a little bit with Cleveland. Yeah, and I think that's something they need to stop doing. Like because yeah. the East is really, really good. Yeah, a and, lot and, better than it's been in a long time. And they need to treat every team with respect that they play. And, and I think Julius year, recognized that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's starting to sink yeah. in. And yeah, you heard, yeah, you heard Julius talk about it in some of his post game comments recently. Like, even, you know, going into that game, Sixers, no Embiid, no Harris, obviously no Simmons. Yeah. You know, they're missing Curry's everyone. good. Thibault. Maxi. Yeah. Maxi's right. good. They you got a lot of guys who can play still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Sixers fans or whoever that they're, they're going to say, well, you just beat, you know, there was no one out there. Blah, blah, blah. But a win is a win in the NBA. Yeah. You can't control who you play. You just got to go out there and win. And you know. first off, I, d- I find that narrative from the, the broadcast of the 76ers hilarious because when they were kicking the shit out of us, when we had the worst, like one of the worst rosters conducted in the mm-hmm. league, and they were celebrating that game, same thing could be said. Were you really celebrating when you were kicking the shit out of the Knicks? <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like like you said, Danny. A and David Fizdale was writing team right. on the yeah. exact not dry erase board. Justify the behavior of the Philly sports fan. That's, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean they were they were like you know, talking about how Knicks fans are like classless or not I don't know if they said classless, but like giving Knicks fans shit. And it's like, you know, a Philly fan threw a ball on the court at like yeah. Kemba Walker, like at the end of the game because they were right. losing. Like, yeah, it, it... It, that that's I did not hear them, uh, t- you know, talking about. Like I said, I was I was in the middle of a softball game with my my AirPod in. Uh, when I was out on the field, I put it in my pocket and listening to the game, you know, as it was going on. So once it ended, I cut it off so I can you know kind of focus on on the game. Uh, so I didn't I didn't stay with the the post game, but I find I find that funny that you know they were they were celebrating when they beat us what fifteen straight times, and most of those times. I mean, we were we were sorry as all get out, you know. So you're damn right we're gonna be we're gonna be excited when we took a couple from Philly. I mean, we lost 15 straight prior to it. I don't give a shit who played for the 76ers. We won. I'm celebrating it. Just, so just the way it is. I got I got to ask a non Knicks question. Who who was at fault last night, or I guess Monday, depending on when people listen to this. Jokic or more or Markeith Morris? Oh, the, stop! Stop! Yeah. Stop! Let, let, let me. Oh, oh my God! Let, no, no, Morris hit no, him no. first. Listen, Morris hit him first. Listen, I was on the way home today, and you know, I, my, my uh, radio station is a Fox Sports affiliate, so I, you know, I listen to the station on the way in. So I got to listen to Cowherd in, in the afternoon. You know, you don't have to. You can. I, you, you, know, can you can. You can put. Whatever you know, you I, I I was listening to Cowherd. You know, usually I leave it on because I do like to listen to Dan Patrick. Um, and that's right around my lunchtime where I'll go out, get something, blah, blah, blah. So I, I left that out and they're talking about, um, 
and who is it? J- Jill Taylor. Is that her name? Uh, I think it's Jason Joy? Taylor. Joy. Joy, Joy Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Joy Taylor. Taylor. The mom from Home Improvement. I oh, think. my. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> it started with the J. That's all I know. You know me, Chip. I don't I, I'm, <laughs> I, I barely know my own damn name, you know, so. I'm listening to her and she's going on and on about how that's, that's Bush league and, and Jokic's cheap shot at him. And I'm thinking, did you not see that Morris just ran over and threw his damn elbow and Jokic's rib? If I'm Jokic, I'm doing the same damn thing. And in a split second that you react to that, do you think he's stopping and thinking, Oh, his back has turned to me. no, they're, so, they're, they're both. They were both dirty plays. Like, they both were dirty, dirty plays, by, and I'm not saying Jokic did anything wrong. I mean, uh, did did something right. I'm, I'm not, I get that. Like his back was turned, and I mean, you can get like whiplash the way his head snapped back and all that. And Jokic is a pretty damn big guy. I get yeah, that. But if you're going to run up to somebody and elbow somebody in the ribs and then turn your own back to him, you're a damn fool. Sorry. I mean, if you if you're gonna do that in a game, you better prepared for somebody to retaliate. And if you're turning your back, and that the fact that the fact that people like Joy Taylor are saying that's so Bush League and and Jokic should have done that it was a cheap shot. I did. I'm sorry. Did, did mean, Morris I mean, not start it? I mean, both did, individuals have like a history of like yeah. dirty plays, mm-hmm. so it's like it's like you pick you pick who you want to, but it's like for me, it's always who started it. And like, they're Morris both at fault. That's, but but the, yeah, they're both at fault. To so me, like, you can't yeah. pick one side two, and go. They're two Jokic peas in a pod. Did something wrong. Yeah. Like Morris did so too. They're both. Jokic, they both did if Jokic, Jokic doesn't hit him if Morris doesn't mm-hmm. hit him. So it's like, and if you are, you don't turn your damn back. Like <laughs> you, if you hit somebody, somebody's coming back at you. If well, I'm on the bus, I got elbowed like that. You're damn right. I'm coming to throw. The thing that bothered me the most was probably the heat. Doing the whole yes. fake tough guy act. Oh, exactly. <laughs> That's what. Like, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Heat, First the, off, heat they ain't fighting. Like, the fa- their fans. They're not and fighting. Probably the players too had this delusion in their head. Like, if we weren't basketball players, we'd be MMA fighters. Or, like, they think that boxers. like Udonis like, Haslam yeah, is they'd be, John Wick. Yeah. That he's gonna come in and just <laughs> yeah. kill everyone. It's so ridiculous the way they see the guys the, on their team. The guy and the that, Morris brothers like, themselves are, are tough. I got I, I get that they are tough. I'm not I'm not trying to say anything, but they got into a fight at a bar with like this individual. I guess they were talking about the Morris's brother, and, and people are like, Oh, there's a badass people. We don't know what the hell happened. They could have cheap shot of that guy, like you know, <laughs> and a two on one, like things like that. There's a they, this league, they weren't fighting. They're not fighting. It, yeah, they, that's, the, that's the main the thing that you take away yeah. from this. No Jimmy one's fighting. Jimmy Butler is not fighting that's, anyone. No. One Did you see best, Tyler Hero? One of the that best man, quotes. Oh that man God, looked like he Tyler was Hero. thinking about going ape shit on Jokic and then realized this is a bad idea. He has me outweighed by like 60 pounds, maybe even more than that. Um, no, no. Like he started like he was going to do some real MMA shit, right? And then said... Okay, wait. I should wait for my boys. I should wait for my boys. One of the best NBA quotes ever. That was the funniest one. One of the best NBA quotes ever was when Lonzo Ball. Somebody asked him about like why he like didn't get into it when there was like a. I don't even remember who they're playing. There was some kind of scuffle at midcourt, and Lonzo just like walked away. And so somebody asked him about it, and he was like, "Man, nobody's fighting in the NBA. Like, I'm not trying to get attacked. Like, like, what do you like? No, every everyone's just doing that 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 fake tough. Yeah, it's like he's like, listen, he knows exactly what's going on." But but the whole narrative, though, is like all I've seen today is Jokic cheap shot. And then I I think I think at 
at as the day went on, I saw a lot more like, nah, like people Richard, were getting Richard Jefferson, like a lot of people were were coming out and basically. But I think I think after you like, hear that so often, you're going, wait a minute, like why do we always seem to ignore what happened beforehand? It's always like even in the NBA, Jokic is a star, and Jokic didn't go down. He just got hit, and he kind of like took it, and it was a hard hit. But if you if you just watch straight up without like instant replay and zooming in it looks like Jokic took like a you know just like a little elbow like not too hard Derek Henry he, that's and it. then he destroyed him which is not the case if you actually watch it but you know it if you just casually watch the clip you're like oh damn Jokic went off first again if you're gonna do that why turn your back like do you think you're gonna elbow Jokic and then he's not gonna do anything I don't know, but like, do Jimmy you, Butler has the date think that's going to happen? Game circled on the schedule, so the Nuggets better be Nuggets better be prepared for that one. Uh, we'll see. I mean, because <laughs> uh, they got their asses kicked yesterday. I think that was also a part that played into it because they were they did they looked like crap. Well, I say it's one game. Don't get me wrong, Miami's really good. I'm not I'm not one of those that read one into it, but I think that plays a part of it. That it was just a frustrating night. They they just they, I mean they were down twenty three before you know even even the half and it kind of just stayed around that point but i just found it funny like listening to some that and i'm not even defending Jokic. let me let me back up a little bit here that like we said they're both at fault but uh you know daddy you you about about cause something here like i i've been i was that weirdo today screaming at the radio driving down the highway like you're screaming at colin cowherd yeah i, I yeah. had a nerve <laughs> yeah i was i was i was screaming at the radio yes yeah um so, so I, I, I'm glad you kind of brought that up, but if I could now steer it back into the Nick direction here, um, next game, we got, we, we always take the look ahead a little bit. So the next game we got, uh, the, oh man, the Knicks are coming to Charlotte on Friday, but I got to work. Dang it. I'm calling a game Friday night, so I'm not going to be able to get there, but the next game though, is against the bucks, uh, tomorrow night. Defending champions, we we beat them a couple of, what, what, last Friday, mm-hmm. and we were getting our butts kicked early on in that game. Uh, <laughs> didn't look too good, uh, and I wasn't I wasn't too thrilled with the way that they opened that game. But, of course, they turned it around, went on the run, beat the Bucs. Uh, but, Sam, I'm going to start with you. Just an overall outlook. Uh, can the Knicks make it two in a row against the Bucs, or do they kind of even it up? I know the Bucs have some guys out. I, I don't know if Chris Middleton is still on that uh, that COVID list or not. He's he's on the COVID so. list for um, tonight's game, which is, I guess we're recording this on uh, yeah on Tuesday. Um, so he's out with that, and then uh, Brooke Lopez has lower back soreness. So we'll okay. see we'll see how they are for Wednesday night. All right. So so Sam, the outlook that you have, uh, how do you see this game going? Can the Knicks make it two and zero against the Bucks? Well, one thing that sticks out to me is um, Nerlens being out, and Nerlens was one of the key factors in that last game in terms of like he really disrupted the the Milwaukee ball handlers. Like he caused a lot of deflections. He's the one that got the Knicks back, like getting into transition, getting them easy buckets. So like if he's out, I wonder how much of a factor, especially if him and Mitch are both out, how much of a factor that is in like how we defend Giannis and the Milwaukee ball handlers, because I feel like he was really instrumental in our defensive, um, defensive, like um, strategy in like that game. And like, I don't think we, we win that game without him, honestly. So it's going to be very interesting to see how we go about it. Um, And then you obviously just hope everyone else has it going. Uh, Yeah. I, 
I tend to think with this game, like Giannis is probably that, that loss probably didn't sit well with him. I mean, I know he's he's got a championship, he's got a couple MVPs, but he doesn't seem like the type who likes to uh, likes to lose any game. So I would imagine uh, Giannis is going to come into uh, MSG and try and put on a show. I I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against the Bucks is all I'd say. Yeah, I think Giannis loves beating the big market teams, not just the Knicks, but like yeah, the Lakers, that, mm-hmm. you know, all of us. Yeah, and the Knicks are actually favored. I was just looking at the line. They're two and a half point favorites right now, oh, which wow. is kind of surprising mm-hmm. to me. But I guess that's the Middleton being out and Lopez and stuff. But that could change by the time this podcast comes out. But, yeah, I mean, but, that's that stuff is so fluid this year with like yeah. the health and safety protocols and, you know, guys go, going in and out of the lineup. Um, and even, you know, who who knows, Noel could Noel or Mitch, one of the two of them could be good to go uh, for the game. It's, it's kind of like a, uh, a touch and go thing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way I look about this game, you know, of course, the Bucks are four and six coming into their game tonight. Um, not surprised to see them kind of off to a little bit of a slow start. You coming off a championship. Sometimes that happens the next year. You know, you're, you're kind of still. uh I don't want to say you're spinning your wheel. I'm trying to find the words for it, but basically, you know what I mean? You, we see championship teams come out, uh, you know, coming off that championship high and then they, they struggle early on type thing. But again, that's another team by Christmas. I think we'll start putting it in the high gear and turning it into the other direction. And then you got the Knicks who have been right where I thought they would be at this point, uh, you know, with their record wise, kind of like what we talked about early on. Uh, but you know, it, both teams really haven't found their groove yet. You don't see that typically early on anyway. You know, a few teams are jumping out of the gate fast, like uh, the Golden State Warriors, for example, who I, I don't want to have Chris on, by the way, Chip, because we're going to have to talk about that over and under. And I, I he, you remember he went with the over on the uh, the Warriors total, and I, I think I told him he was crazy. It's not happening. And uh, yeah, they've almost got it. Hot, right, you know. <laughs> Uh, just so, so I don't want to have to own up to that, that it looks like I'm way wrong on that, but, um, you know, it, it's just a, a, one it's of those okay. games. You, I don't can think... call, you can call him out for him saying the T wolves were going to be a borderline playoff team. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. He did say that. that. He did. He did say that. Yep. Um, but back to this game, I, I think both teams are obviously not into their groove. Uh, I think you, you said it We're we're early favorite into this game. I think it's a it's a winnable game, but you know if Giannis comes out and looks uh looks like Giannis and by the way even Giannis was hitting some three pointers I know really early on in that game if Giannis is gonna hit three pointers like how the hell do you stop him right like that's a scary thing when he even he's hitting that three point you don't have a prayer so hopefully you know he, he he's not shooting like that in, in this game but I, I look at it as winnable um, but you know. It, it's going to be up for grabs. We'll have our opportunities. I think it just comes down to, uh, you know, defending that perimeter. Uh, and, you know, we're a team that's shooting a lot of three balls. We hit threes, we're going to win. If we're not shooting well that night, we're, you know, we don't really have that defense uh, in tune yet like last year. Last year we won a lot of ugly basketball games because our defense just was lights out. Uh, this year so far early on it's been more about, you know, our ability to shoot the three ball uh, and defense has not really carried us through quite yet. So hopefully that kind of turns around, but 
it's going to be a good game. Looking forward to it uh, tomorrow night. But now it's time, of course, for the last call segment. Uh, anybody else have anything else they want to add on? Uh, you know, would now be the time to kind of kind of go over anything that we we may have missed here. And then I know there was something that I wanted to bring up for this. And of course, just because it's just been that kind of day of going so many different directions, slipped out of my head. So I'm going to try to think about what I wanted to bring. I don't okay, even know well, if it was even Nick related. College basketball is back. I'll bring that up. That's Danny, you want to, pl- Danny, you should plug all the stuff that you've been writing. Plug yeah. So I've, I've, uh, over the weekend, I had a Mac Metro athletic Atlantic conference preview, which, uh, is very mid mid major on the small major side, but, uh, it's like all like the local, like St. Peter's, Iona teams like that. Uh, those teams get started today. Then I had a Big East preview that came out today. Uh, I did a preseason rankings uh, for the local schools. And tomorrow I'll have a little quick preview on Rutgers because uh, I wasn't doing a whole Big 12 pre- or a Big 10 preview because I did not feel like researching like Purdue and Iowa and like looking into that. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of college hoop stuff over at uh, EliteSportsNY.com. Um, and then I'll obviously keep you still doing my Knicks and Nets stuff, but uh, been into the college stuff for, you know, just getting started here. Always exciting. And you can gamble in New York now. Yes. Uh, soon. It's not, I don't think they're live yet, but uh, no, not yet. It should. Yeah. It should be soon. And you can gamble in Jersey on the hoop stuff, but you yeah. can't bet on Jersey team or Jersey nope. college team still. That yeah. God, that no God Rutgers, no St. Peter's. No games that are in uh, Jersey, so uh, that's too bad. But I don't bet a lot on college uh, college basketball anyway. I, I, I always get killed doing it, so it's not worth it. Future bets are the only way to make money there. Yeah. But I think that's all we have today for the well, next Sam, of my podcast. Sam, but okay, Sam, go why ahead. don't you plug your why don't you plug your podcast, Sam? Yeah, I was gonna. I was uh, yeah, I was yeah. gonna uh, do that actually at the end. So. That works. Give us that plug. Oh, um, well, um, I've been kind of slow with the episodes because you know life happens. <laughs> but, um, yes, trust me, I know. But I try to keep like a semi-consistent of like a week every week to every two weeks, and I bring on a guest, usually a friend from Twitter that I see talking hoops, and you know I just bring them on, talk about the NBA, what's going on the last week or so, um. Yeah, and we have a good time, you know. It's really laissez-faire. No, not not a lot of structure to it, but you know, mm-hmm. somewhat of a structure. Um, yeah, so you can um follow the um Twitter at um FBL um NBA Pod. And I guess you can follow me at FBL underscore Sam. Um don't I just don't tweet about sports, I tweet about a wide range of topics and a whole bunch of other stuff. So there's nah, that. That's yeah, that's a good nah. follow. Sam's a That's great good. follow on Twitter. Yeah. Everybody follows Sam That's on Twitter. That's a good follow. Wide range. Of, <laughs> see, my social media is just me. It's just talking. you yelling about the Knicks. Yeah. And the Jets. yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> That's all talking. I have it for. Like, that's it. Like, I do nothing else with it. Nothing, nothing else. Just the vent. Just the vent. Yeah. Just if the, you want to, if you want to hear somebody who, like, during baseball season will be like, fire Boone or I hate Boone. Yeah. I, I, I can't stand like, you there. Like, I, can't stand, I can't stand Boone. I can't stand Cashman either. Don't even. I'm with you there on Danny, this. you're too. trying to get yeah. me to yell. I know. Like, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm pressing your buttons tonight. <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah, my, I, I say that all the time. People are like, what, what do you do with social media? I, I, well, I just vent. 
I just, I just vent my frustration. Sometimes I put stuff on there that I don't even mean. I just, I'm, I just put it out there. Like, Danny, it, Jesus, what the hell you got? <laughs> yeah, I, I was not, I was not trying to do this. So. <laughs> I, I don't even want to think about baseball to March. Okay, I know free agency is going on, but I don't want to think about baseball. Well, at least Sam Darnold sucks. We don't. Yeah, have to worry yeah, about yeah, it. yeah, I tweeted about that. Yeah. That was my one. Yeah. Yeah, my, you know, this is you just get, in. He still the, sucks. Your only happiness comes from other people's failures. <laughs> exactly. I'm a sick guy. I don't. I, you know. I don't. I don't know. Uh, but. Uh, Sam, thank you again for joining us and Thanks for having uh, me. make sure to check out his podcast. Give him a follow on Twitter. It's much better than mine. It's much better. No, no, <laughs> not a whole lot of venting on, <laughs> on his side, but uh, with that being said, let's wrap it up and we'll be back soon with another episode of the next state of mind podcast. <laughs>